Bible Interact is a group of Bible scholars and biblical archaeologists who promote the Hebraic nature of Scripture and view the two Testaments as one unified message. They explain how they use a first-century approach to searching the Scriptures, and they share their methods and discoveries for discussion and dialogue. They invite your comments and participation on BibleInteract.tv, where you can also find more teachings, self-study quizzes, webinars, and interviews. Shalom. I am Dr. Ann Davis with Bible Interact. In teachings that I have done before this, I started with a common understanding of what people believe about whether Jews are saved or not. There is a common understanding that they are not saved unless they believe in, in Jesus, in Yeshua. For example, I took this off of the website. It was by Jack Kelly, an author, pastor, and teacher who says, Jesus himself said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Jews who die without Jesus are lost in the same way that Gentiles who die without Jesus are lost. Now, I suggested that uh, perhaps this is not correct. I have a different understanding. And in one session, I showed you that God considers himself the father of Israel. They are his children. That's very clear in scripture, in the Hebrew scriptures, and the children of Israel take this to heart. God is their father. We also saw in another session that the children of Israel are God's firstborn son. We see this at the time of the Exodus account. Remember the 10 plagues, the last plague, all the firstborn, both man and animal, died, but God said that Israel, the children of Israel are my firstborn son, and death is going to pass over them. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to redeem them. I'm going to rescue them from this plague of death. They are my firstborn son. And then we looked at what it meant to be the firstborn son. The firstborn son has a special inheritance called the birthright. Now, all the other children have an inheritance, but only the firstborn has this special inheritance called the birthright, which is raising up the firstborn son to become the leader of the next clan or tribe. It's a role of leadership. And then we looked at how God disciplines his children. Uh, so all the children of Israel, we see him disciplining them. And, for example, in Proverbs, My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. So what you see in the Hebrew Scriptures is the story teaching us the God gave his children the law so they could walk in his ways and by walking in his ways they would be worthy to inherit this birthright because you had to prove yourself worthy of that leadership role too. You, you were born to the birthright but you didn't necessarily inherit it unless you proved you were worthy and then God used a process of testing which is and he does that with us today he simply lets us walk in worldly ways we take upon ourselves the worldly consequences until we get to the rock bottom and we yell help help and God's God's there to help us now what I want to do in this session is very important I want to show you that just because a son is born to the birthright does not mean that he is necessarily going to inherit that special inheritance if he does not prove himself worthy he will not inherit the birthright he will inherit he still belongs to God but he just doesn't inherit the birthright now we learn about this through the narrative Abraham had two sons his firstborn son was Esau and 
um, and then his secondborn was Isaac. Now, you have to dump out of your head all your traditional thoughts. Just get them out of there. Because Christian theology, I think, has led us astray in some areas, and this is perhaps one of those areas. Because Esau had the right of the birthright. He was the firstborn son. Just because his mother was Hagar, a slave woman, did not mean that Israel was not his father and he was the firstborn entitled to the birthright. We see this, for example, when Sarah vehemently tells her husband, Isaac, the son of this slave woman shall not inherit. Did you ever notice that? In other words, Esau was entitled to an inheritance. Now, was he entitled to the inheritance of the firstborn? I, I suggest that he was because we, we see in the account, for example, Jacob had 12 sons. He had six by his wife Leah, two by his wife Rachel, Rachel, and then he had four sons by the handmaids of Leah and Rachel. Leah's handmaid was Zilpah, and the two sons born to Zilpah, who's just like Hagar, no difference. Hagar was the hand, hand, uh, bond servant to, uh, to Ruth, and Zilpah was the bond servant to Leah. And the two sons by Leah, Gad and Asher, were, were legal sons of Jacob and inherited tribes. And the same thing with Rachel. Her, her maidservant was Bilhah. And, and Dan and Naphtali were, were born um, and became sons of Jacob. They were legitimate sons of Jacob as Esau was a legitimate son of Abraham. Now, uh, I want to take a look now at, um, at Reuben. Reuben was the firstborn son of Jacob. Leah was his mother. He was the first of the 12 sons to be born, and he had the birthright. But we're going to see in the story that he loses the birthright, and it's given to Joseph. But that doesn't mean that he no longer belongs to God. The tribe of Reuben inherited land in the promised land. That was his inheritance, the land. Did he receive the inheritance of the birthright? No, he did not. It was taken away from him because he was not worthy of that special inheritance of the birthright. So just because Esau was the son of Ruth's bondservant, Hagar, does not mean that he doesn't belong to God. It doesn't mean that he, he didn't belong to Abraham. He did belong to Abraham. He does belong to God. It's just that he didn't get the inheritance of the birthright. Now, you may not be convinced yet because your tradition is very strong in another direction. So let me keep going. Let's take a look at, at the son that did inherit the birthright. That's Isaac. Isaac inherited the birthright. Isaac had two sons. They were twins. But the firstborn was Esau. Esau had the birthright. That's very clear from Scripture because he sold his birthright to his younger son, Jacob. And it's important for us to understand why this signifies that that um, uh, that Esau was not. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me go back. Abraham's son, firstborn son, was Ishmael. Ishmael, and the second son was Isaac. Now Jacob's firstborn son is Esau. The second is Jacob. Okay. The um, all right. Esau came in from the field, 
and he was famished. He said, I'm, you know, if I don't get something to eat, I'm going to die. And, and uh, his younger brother Jacob was there saying, well, you know, if, if you want my food, I've got this pot of stew, if you want my food, I'm, you will have to sell me your birthright. And, and, and uh, Esau said, you know, well, I'll sell my birthright. What good is it to me if I'm going to die? The principle is that the one with the birthright who was going to become a leader of his clan or tribe, the leader of God's people, must be willing to die, to die in service under, under God. And Esau was not prepared to die. And we also see that Esau took two Hittite wives. Now, the children of Israel are not supposed to mix with the unclean pagan people. He had taken two Hittite wives. And, um, and we read that they made life bitter for his parents, Isaac and Rebekah. And so he saw that and he took a third wife saying, oh, I'm going to make my parents happy. I'll take a third wife. But the third wife was a daughter of Yishmael, not, um, you know, where, where uh, Jacob, who bought the birthright, and later after a period of time in Padan Aram, when he, we, he had to show himself worthy of this inheritance, um, he took for wives to from Padan Aram, which is where Abraham had come from. So we're getting over and over in the narrative, the one born to the birthright is not worthy of that inheritance and it's going to be given to another, to another son. Now, I want to show you some more about Reuben. We have Jacob near the end of his life giving blessings to his 12 sons. Here's what he says about Reuben. The blessing to Reuben, the first half, has to do with his being born to the birthright. The second half shows why he lost it. And Jacob says, Reuben, you are my firstborn. You are my strength. He, he's going to have the power of, of the one who's going to be the leader of God's people. You, ha, you, you are my strength, and you're the beginning of my vigor. Now, there's interesting work that's been done on that, which, which I think conclusively shows from the literary analysis that it's, it's shown the vigor of procreative seed. In other words, you're going to have an abundance of descendants, and that's reminiscent of the the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore. The one with the birthright is going to have an abundant seed. That seed is going to be righteous because the one with the birthright has to be righteous. And then it continues, you were preeminent in authority and preeminent in power. This is what you were born to. You were the, my firstborn son. You were born to the birthright. This is what you were born to. And then comes the little word, but. But indicates a contrast. But checked like water, you may not lead. You're not worthy to be a leader of God's people. So the birthright is being taken away. And what happened when you ascended your father's bed, then you fouled the suckler's couch? He went into uh, one of the, um, uh, the handmaidens uh, that, and, and uh, Jacob was entitled to have, to have that handwoman uh, in his tent and to bear children from her and uh, and Reuben did something that he shouldn't have done and the birthright was taken away from him. So we also see um, 
I, I, I want to read also some um, some blessings, some blessings that go to the, the son with the birthright, because I think in the blessings you can see what is required for someone to inherit the birthright. Now, the reason this is important is because in the next session, if you, if you tune in on the next session, I'm going to show you that those who are worthy to inherit the birthright are the remnant. The remnant are the ones who are walking in righteous ways. They are worthy to inherit the birthright. And, and there's that, um, that equation. The, 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 all the children of Israel are born to the birthright, but only a few are going to be worthy to inherit that special inheritance, and they will be the remnant. And by the way, this whole topic applies to Christian believers too. Um, and, and again, in a later session, I don't have time to do it now, in a later session I will show you that um, there will be a remnant out of Christian believers as well. So it's important for us to go into Scripture and to see what it meant to be worthy of the birthright and, and what that birthright is going to require its, its people to do. Now, I'm reading in Genesis chapter 27, verses 28-29, this is the blessing that, um, um, actually it's not the blessing, it's, let's see, uh, yes, it's the blessing that Isaac gives to, to Jacob. And he says, see, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. And you remember that Jacob bought the birthright from Esau, but he stole the blessing through deceit with the help of his mother and his father is blind, he puts on that skin so it makes him smell like he just came in from, from hunting like Esau does, and, and Esau was hairy and Jacob was not. So it, Jacob feels him and he says, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Now may God give you, now he's talking to Jacob who's going to get the birthright, now may God give you of the dew of heaven, that, that, that precious dew that came down that became manna, that gift from God, and of the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. This is indicating the double portion of inheritance. The one with the birthright gets a double portion, which enables him to move into that leadership role. That's the double portion of inheritance. And then it continues, may peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. The one with the birthright is going to become the leader. The one with the birthright has a direct relationship with God. So God speaks directly to him, and then when he speaks, he is speaking for God, and the others submit and obey him because he is, is speaking for God. So this is showing that Jacob is going to get the birthright and he must be worthy, he must be righteous in order to get that birthright. Now I want to do one other blessing which I think is really important. Um, Jacob is going to get the, the birthright instead of Reuben. He had two sons. The firstborn son was Manasseh. Manasseh was entitled to the birthright. Ephraim was the younger of the two. And you remember how, uh, how um, Jacob, who was 
you know, was also then blind, all right? That was the macular degeneration. If you lived long enough, that's what happened in the ancient times. Fortunately, we have good good medical practice today. Uh, so Jacob reached out and he put his right hand on Ephraim, the younger one, his left hand on um, Manasseh. So he was putting the right hand, which was the hand of blessing, on the wrong son. And Joseph said, no, my father, your your right hand needs to be over here on Manasseh because he's the firstborn. So he's the one who's going to get the blessing of the birthright. And Jacob said, no, uh, the, the birthright is going to go to Manasseh. I mean, excuse me, to Ephraim. So what we get here, now, now listen to this blessing. It's, it's really important. Um, let's see. It's not, a, let's see, it's not a blessing. It says, Okay, uh, Jacob says, I know my son, I know. He, Manasseh, the firstborn, also shall become a people. You hear the singular, a people. And he also shall be great. However, that's like that but. Here comes the contrast. His younger brother, Ephraim, shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. And this is the echo of Abraham, whose name was changed from Avram to Avraham, and he's going to be the father of a multitude, the father of many nations, of many peoples. That's the abundant abundance of descendants. It's the abundant seed. It's it's the stars in the sky, the sand in the seashore. The one with the birthright in the future, this is pointing, this is all prophetic, pointing to the future, is, is going to bear abundant seed, which will be righteous seed. And that's all part of God's plan that is going to lead to the defeat of Satan. Now, what I want to do, this, this is, I hope you're finding this as interesting as, as I find it, because it's, it's all prophetic. It's showing that all the children of Israel are born to the birthright, but they're not all going to inherit it. They all belong to God, just like Reuben belongs to God. His, his tribe inherited land in the promised land. He still belongs to God, but he's not going to inherit the birthright. And I'm going to show you later that the same thing applies to, to believers in Christ. We are not born to the birthright. I am a, I am a believer in Christ. I'm not a Jew. We are not born to the birthright, but Yeshua is born to the birthright. Now, the one with the birthright had to prove himself worthy, and and only God knows who that will be, because one of the requirements is to stand faithful to the end. So only God knows. Now, the one who is declared worthy has to come back and possess his inheritance. Not God is not going to give it to him. He has to defeat the enemy to possess it. The Hebrew word for inherit is yarash, which also means to possess. So the inheritance is a, it, it, it's a gift in the form of a promise, but then the one with the birthright has to go in and defeat the enemy in order to possess his inheritance. And that is still future. And I will go into scripture with you on a later session and show you that Christ in you, is, the hope of glory, is the gift. You have that gift. God has given you a gift. The gift is that you now belong to him. That's the gift. But when you are in Christ, you are walking as he walked. That is not a gift. That's, that's work. You have to do work. You have to, you, you have to grow into 
walking in the ways of God, which which pleases Him, and and th- in that way you are being prepared for perhaps being worthy in God's eyes to be part of the remnant, which is something future. All right, what I want to do now is I want to go into more of Jacob's blessings of his 12 sons. We've seen the blessing he gave to Reuben, Reuben the firstborn, Reuven in Hebrew, the firstborn. And uh, Reuven was born to the birthright, but he was not worthy to inherit it, so he lost it and it was given to Joseph. That's what it tells us in First uh, Chronicles chapter 5, it was given to Joseph. But in the blessings, we see two of the 12 sons that have qualifications to inherit the birthright. That is Joseph and it is Judah. Joseph's son Ephraim will inherit the birthright. He's in line to inherit the birthright, Ephraim, and the other is Judah. All right, let's take a look. In These blessings are in Genesis chapter 49, and I'm in verse 8, and let's listen to Judah. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. The one with the birthright is going to be the leader in battle. And, and, and the victory of the battle is all dependent on the leader of the battle and everybody else uh, obeying. And it continues, your father's sons shall bow down to you. You see, they're all submitting to him. He's the one with the birthright. He's the one who's the leader. He's the one who speaks directly for God. And uh, it goes on to, to um, liken Judah to a lion who's, who's you know, down in the shrubbery waiting to pounce and pray. And again, that's, that's his role as, um, as the leader of his people. And then it goes on, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, uh, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. And, and he's going to take the, the role of king. The king is the one with the birthright. He's the leader. He's the leader of God's people. And, uh, and then uh, it goes on, he, and, and talking about the battle, and he's going to win the battle. All right, now the other one who's going to inherit the birthright is Joseph. And uh, Joseph, we read here in verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a spring. Now that's the imagery of a vine just growing up out of this incredible water and becoming very abundant, and that's the abundant seed. He's, he's going to produce this abundance in the form of abundant righteous seed. Uh, let's see... Its branches run over a wall. The archers bitterly attacked him and shot at him and harassed him. But his bow remained firm and his arms were agile from the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. So in other words, he's going to be a mighty warrior. And the one with the birthright has to to lead his people in battle. He has to be a mighty warrior in order to lead his people in battle. And then it goes on, from there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. This is all imagery of God and of the coming uh, Messiah. Now, that's not to say that Messiah is Joseph or Messiah is Judah. He's not. He's separate from that. He's from the line of Judah. Israel is from the line of Ephraim, who inherited the birthright from his father Joseph. So we've got the two lines. We've got the line of Judah through Yeshua. We have the line of uh, Ephraim, which is Israel. We have those two lines. Let's keep going here with Joseph, whose son Ephraim inherited the birthright. 
and because it says here, um, uh, from the God of your Father who helps you and by the Almighty who blesses you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath. And then it goes on, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. In other words, you're going to have that abundant, that abundant seed. You, you, there's going to be this abundance of descendants. And then it ends, and on the crown of the head of the one distinguished among his brothers. So he's going to wear a crown also. There are two crowns. There are two, two of these uh, lines that are going to inherit the birthright. And, uh, and they're going to come together at some time, um, which I'll do in another session. I can't do it all in one session. So what we have here, I'm leading to the remnant is what I'm doing. And I'm showing that all the children of Israel belong to God. Every single one of them, they haven't been thrown out with the garbage. They haven't. They all belong to God. He is their father. It's very clear in scripture. He is their father. They are his firstborn son. But firstborn means that they are entitled to this inheritance of the birthright. If they're not worthy, they will not inherit the birthright. They still belong to God but they will not inherit the birthright. So with this, uh, I'm going to end this session here, but in the next session, I'm going to take up um, the, the, we'll get more into the remnant. And, uh, and after that, I will get into how believers in Christ are also uh, entitled to be part of the remnant if they walk in the ways of God. With that, I wish you shalom. <laughs>